Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Chloe Pressland. And we've been following this first day of the December States meeting, uh, which didn't quite start the way we were anticipating. We had expected when we came in this morning to have a a potentially quite explosive uh, resignation statement from Deputy uh, Andrew Taylor, but uh, it didn't happen at all. No, it didn't. So as you say, we're expecting it to be quite um, exciting, I guess, in some in some sense, because there's been a lot of uh, talk about conflicts of interest within the DPA um, over the past few weeks. But it was announced at the start of the meeting this morning that he would not be making that resignation speech because he decided not to resign. And we found out a bit later on in the day that the president of the DPA, Deputy Victoria Oliver, had no idea up until at least last night or maybe early this morning. Now, we were always going to have an election uh, for a member of the Development and Planning Authority today because uh, Deputy Bob Murray was on that and he's gone to Policy and Resources now. Uh, But this was a a second one after this uh, resignation over, as you say, conflicts of interest around Leal's Yard. Um, But... uh, uh, yes, we uh, we were we found out later as well that actually the bailiff had only been informed been informed by Deputy Taylor late last night. He said that, that this decision had been made. I suppose hence the fact that the bailiff hadn't been able to communicate that to uh, Victoria Oliver. Um, yeah, yeah, she really clearly obviously wasn't happy. You spoke to her, didn't you, about just how unhappy she was? Yeah, it, I, I think it, it must be quite an emotional thing to go through. I mean, it, it's very up and down within the DPA at the moment. It seems and that nothing's really certain. And with these massive projects like Leal's Yard going on you need certainty um so yeah i did catch her briefly afterwards and she said that i asked her if there was tension in the, in the dpa and she said she will always uh, remain professional and she will always act with integrity it, it does seem odd to me just uh, uh, from what little we're able to observe from the sidelines we are obviously on the sidelines that the dpa should be the uh, committee in the states there with with this much uh, angst and recrimination and turmoil going on because it's also one of the departments that you can point to in this state's term so far and say they've actually really made quite a lot of progress and got stuff done but uh, obviously uh, with some difficulty it would seem but now they do have a new member um the I suppose one of the really painful things for Deputy Oliver was that having um, proposed two candidates to fill the two expected seats, uh, vacancies, um, which were Deputies Chris Blinn and Deputy... um Chris Letissier, that um, she then had to decide which one to continue to support for that uh, nomination. And uh, she went with uh, Deputy Chris Blinn. Then one of her fellow um, DPA members, Sasha Kazantseva-Miller, um, proposed the other one, Deputy Chris Letissier. And so they were both standing uh, in addition to the nomination that came from the floor, which was for uh, Deputy Deputy Yvonne Burford, that Yes, sorry, I'm there for a minute. And it was a really close vote in the end, wasn't it? Um, it was very close. So Deputy Chris Blinn is, is now a member of the DPA. He got 20 votes in the end, um, compared to 17 for Deputy Yvonne Burford and, and just two for Deputy Chris Letizia in the end. Which, assuming one was himself and one was Deputy Sasha, because that's familiar, then perhaps we, he didn't get one from the, um, the deputy that uh, seconded him, which was the aforementioned Deputy Andrew Taylor. But, but that's pure speculation on our part. We'll never know. Maybe Deputy Letizia didn't vote for himself. Uh, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll never know about that. It's pure speculation. Important to remember as well that he has already been on the DPA this term for the yeah. first two years or so before he got suspended. Yeah, so that much uh, overused phrase, hit the ground running, probably would have been quite justifiable in his case. He would at least have known quite a lot 
about the subject. Um, but that wasn't the only election today. Uh, Deputy Murray's departure for policy and resources also left us a hole in the uh, Education, Sport and Culture Committee. And uh, that was uh, filled today by another very narrow vote, 20 votes to 19. Um, it went in favour of the uh, the chosen candidate of the committee president. And uh, that was Alderney Representative Steve Roberts. And uh, so he is now the uh, on the Education, Sport and Culture Committee. I spoke to him briefly afterwards and he said he was very happy to have been uh, elected onto that and uh, he's going to ensure that Alderney is um, much more sort of high profile in the thinking of that committee not just on education but also in the realms of sport and indeed culture uh, he was saying so um, you know, he was talking to me about St Anne's and uh, that uh, he but at the same time he was also saying that his uh, one of his first priorities is going to be to get around to all of the schools in Guernsey uh, to sort of educate himself in a way about uh, what is going to be required uh, over here in terms of his own remit on that so that was uh, yeah, we did have plenty of excitement in the end even if it wasn't the explosive start we'd anticipated um, there were quite a lot of questions as well today let's just mention a few of those because uh, obviously our thoughts have been preoccupied with these elections but uh, um, which where do you want to start on those? Uh, so well, we started with buses. Questions about buses, didn't we, from Deputy John Gollop? Um, I think one of those was about the the timings, and there's very few night buses going at the moment. And on weekdays, is that right? Yes, uh, and it, these questions were put to the Environment and Infrastructure President Deputy Lindsay de Summeray, and she said, "Well, uh, as you will have seen, uh, CT Plus now owned by uh, Tower Trident." Tower Transit, I beg your pardon. Yes, that yeah. sounds right. Um, uh, <laughs> getting confused with a former Herm boat. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, they uh, have uh, gone to careers fairs uh, recently. They've uh, lowered the age for um, drivers um, to be recruited locally. And now uh, she confirmed uh, Ed, uh, E&I are going to be working or have been talking to officers at population management within Home Affairs to see what they can do to streamline the process for um, uh, employment permits to uh, try to help out with that recruitment issue. It all comes down to the recruitment of drivers, these ongoing cancellations, which mean that you can't get a bus out of town beyond about half past eight most nights. Um, and that was Deputy Gollop's concern. Yeah, and then we moved on to some more from Deputy John Gollop, and these were about uh, carers in, in general. A lot of it was about pay and vacancies, but I think it's worth talking about this in respect of Deputy Gavin St Pierre's questions a bit later on about St John's residential home. So uh, basically what's happened with St John's residential home is that it has just been passed over or handed over to the states for them to kind of take responsibility of it um, because of some issues that were ongoing within it, which we aren't 100% certain what, the, what they were, but we know that there was um, shortage shortages with staff and a couple of other things like that um so yeah pay was spoken about in terms of them struggling to get that staff and it was also revealed that the states have also purchased the associated staff accommodation that goes with that i'm not 100 sure if it's where it is or if it's on site or not we'll have to find that out tomorrow but um yeah so that was revealed i think that was kind of a given anyway that it would go with it because you know you've got 40 residents living in in the home and a number of staff too that obviously need somewhere to stay and it's it's also quite a rare thing in Guernsey I think for care homes to have staff accommodation to go with it um and it was pointed out by Deputy Al Breward who's president of HSC that that is an ideal situation we'd want that every care home to have that on island but we just don't have the provision for it. 
We also had some questions today from uh, Deputy Heidi Salisbury, very recently uh, a member of Policy and Resources, uh, to Policy and Resources, about the uh, Agilisys um, IT outage. Perhaps it might be unfair to call it the Agilisys IT outage, because although they are contracted to provide the IT systems, uh, it seems the aircon unit in, in Frostside House was responsible for the overheating of those systems and the whole thing crashing down a couple of weeks ago. And, and again to, today. And, yes, again and it, it all morning. happened again today, this morning. Um, making life a bit awkward for us again. Uh, trying to cover this without being able to see amendments um, but uh, it was made very clear to, in answer to one of her questions from uh, Deputy, the answer came from Deputy Fairbrush that um, Agilisys is not responsible for the aircon unit. Uh, Deputy Governor St Pierre then asked well in that case uh, the tax, is the taxpayer going to be responsible for the financial losses accrued as a result of um, uh, of this outage? In other words can we not penalise Agilisys? Uh, but the bailiff ruled that question was out of order um, not as in like in, in, inappropriate, but just not within the specific rules about only asking questions that derive from the specific answer given to the previous question. They can ask these questions again in uh, other formats, but in terms of the question time um, format, they, they, they just uh, they got shut down because uh, the, most of the questions were really just yes or no answers. Credit to them, though. They did try to work around <laughs> it quite a few <laughs> times. To the point where the bailiff was probably ready for his lunchtime drink um, because he was getting very impatient with it and they all went off to uh, lunchtime for their uh, their traditional Christmas meal. Um, probably just time to uh, mention the um, Alderney Runway uh, rehabilitation. They got onto that. Uh, they didn't get very far with it. They had a, an hour-long introductory speech by Deputy Peter Fairbrush saying why it's such an essential thing for Alderney that this uh, uh, Option C+, plus, the 24 million um, uh, widening and extension and strengthening of the runway alongside the building of a new terminal and the firefighting uh, shed or whatever the formal word for that is um, or you know the, the singing dan and dancing version of this upgrade and why it's such an essential thing for not just the economy of Alderney but also Guernsey um, and then we moved on to a proposal from uh, Deputy Burford that actually let's wait we've discussed this before let's wait until we've got a clearer idea of what we're doing with Guernsey's runway because that determines what happens with Alrini and what happens with Alrini determines what should happen in Alderney and that, they're still debating that as we closed tonight they did think about staying late uh, but they decided not to in the end and we've gone over time and so we're staying a bit as late always. so we shall, <laughs> we shall go now as well and uh, stay here for uh, another update on tomorrow's proceedings but bye for now